We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Pod. I'm Jimmy, along with my good friend, Dan. How's it going, Dan? What's up, man? It's a happy Labor Day to you, sir. Uh, (laughs) Get the day off, you know? Not not a lot of people get a lot of holidays like we do, but uh, here we are. Yep, we are recording this on Monday, Labor Day, in the middle of the day, because neither of us work, so... Why the hell not, right? I've been watching movies all day. <laughs> take it out uh on monday and there probably won't be any news between now and wednesday when this releases but if there was uh stranger things have happened <laughs> if there has been news since we recorded this then oh yes we're so excited for the great news that came out or oh no we're so mad oh. about the bad news that came out so mad that we signed christian Namath again it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so that's our there, there's our generic cover for whatever good and or bad news might come oh man so, <laughs> dude we uh you know no new reviews this week man so i got i got nothing for you no, that sucks does seem like we got a couple more five-star ratings which is cool oh so nice thank you nice, for those nice. uh keeping a, a good eye on those numbers 168 ratings i think is yeah. what i saw so i think we're now certified fresh on rotten tomatoes there you go five pretty stars sure. out of five stars given the 168 ratings so that's not a bad deal it's pretty but good if, if you have not yet given us a rating or especially a review please go out and do so. We would appreciate it very, very much. Helps us get found by other people and helps grow the SKC family. So there you go. why wouldn't you Brand. want to do it? But anyway, man, we had, uh, we had two games happen this week. And neither one of them went as we would have hoped. So it wasn't great. Um, do, we, do we just go chronologically here and uh, go from there? I think I think we just go chronologically. We'll yeah. start with what happened Wednesday night in Dallas. This was one where you were kind of concerned about this game because of the baby midfield that we were going to have. I was also yeah. a little excited about it when it was actually like official. I was like, "Oh man, this could be some some interesting shit, right?" But yeah. the uh god dude, Dallas is just but both Texas teams, Dallas and Houston just seem so quick. And uh, you knew going into it, though, Dallas's defense is like the stingiest defense in the league and Sporting's one of the best offenses in the league right now. So I just I didn't feel good. But, God damn, you got to hand it to, uh, to Dallas, man. Uh, throwing yeah. their body on the line, getting ball imprint, imprints, mm-hmm. just uh, going balls to the wall to, to keep, it from, keep from losing that game. Yeah, their, their defense – was was pretty wild especially considering the fact that their goalkeeper uh jimmy marr came out in the 42nd minute yeah you Uh, know damn well we wanted to test this new guy way more than we did but they didn't give us a chance yeah kyle zobeck is his name and first mls start 30 years old first mls start at least 30 he might have been a little older no he's 30 so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) (laughs) um and, and so, yeah, we'll go through everything here, including the XG for this game, which, which shows that Sporting KC actually played a decent game, uh, despite the fact that statistically Sporting KC took 22 shots, only three of which were on target. But 
if you look at the shot map and you look at how many shots were blocked that would have been on target, it's I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve shots were blocked from, and that's just from inside the box. There were two more from outside the box that all were potentially on target. That's crazy. And you saw it too, dude. They were just stepping in front of everything. Just, we couldn't buy a goal. Yeah. Now on the flip side, Dallas only got five shots off, but all five were on goal. So, yeah, you know, they did what they had to do, even though, uh, you know, possession was pretty evenly split. Uh, Sporting KC were definitely the better side. I thought how it looked, you know, throughout the entire game. But you're right, man. The defense, uh, Ziegler, Bresson, they were just literally throwing their bodies. I've never seen a defender get tattooed with the ball so hard in the side of his body that he lifts up his shirt and you literally see an imprint of the ball on camera. Dude. And it happened twice to the same dude in the same spot. You know that hurts too, man. Like I'm, God, I just can't, I can't forget getting blasted in the face in Chicago. I just, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and right under his ribs right there, just probably just knocked the damn air out of him. I'm sure it knocked the air out of him. I'm sure it stung like a mother. Oh, like, for sure. Absolutely. Just, Head yeah. to the tattoo artist, man, and get, get him to trace <laughs> it real quick. That'd be freaking neat. Yeah. But we had, it was an interesting lineup because, you know, Alan Polito, he's got a little bit of a knock, PV has said. So he, he hasn't been in the lineup. So we had He Kyrie. just announced that on like Friday, by the way. And he, yeah. he, was, he said it in a way as like, did I not, did I not say that? Kind of it's casually. like, no, Peter, you didn't. We had right. no idea. Right. All we knew we was assumed that it was a break. Right. All we knew was Alan had bleached his hair. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's Take all the night off. Get, redo your hair, man. Yeah. So we had Kyrie start up top, which had happened in 2018, but you know, Kyrie looks a little bit better now, especially on the wing, but even up top, he looked, he looked dangerous uh, more so than in 2018. Uh, Johnny and Jerry, so on the wings. And then it was that midfield that, you know, people were excited for, but also nervous about because it was the, the three homegrown kids, Hernandez, Buzio and Cam Duke. So, and, and, and I want to talk about them here in a minute. And then the back line, Luis Martins made a return at left back, Punchech and Smith, at center backs and then Jalen Lindsay moving back over to the right side, which is his more natural position. So that's right. No Beasler again, no Zeusy in the starting lineup. And then, then they're going to shock the hell out of us and bring him in around halftime. Yeah. What and this hell? was, this was also Johnny Russell's first time wearing the captain's armband. So, yeah. 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 Cause I mean, I guess otherwise, if you're looking at that lineup, really the only other person who could do it is maybe Tim Melia. Mm-hmm. not going to give it probably to Gerso or, or Kyrie, but uh, you know, Johnny, I think that's fine, giving him the captain's armband. Uh, but yeah, man, this was this was a wild game. And it started off not the best for Sporting KC because uh, Punchech and Luis Martins were trying to do a little play out of the back and Martins just made a mess of a ball in the ninth minute. And uh, he tried to, to give a back pass to Punchech, intercepted by Dallas. Um, Franco uh, Yara was able to get the ball right at the top of the box and put it away for, for a goal that never should have happened. It's just a terrible misplay by, uh, by Luis Martins, and it puts uh, Dallas up 1-0 early, and it put SKC in a hole. That's how things seem to oddly go for us sometimes. It takes one silly mistake, and that could be the difference between losing or drawing, you know? Yeah. Or drawing and winning. Well, especially at home and especially knowing how – you know, this, this defense has played, like, you don't want to, I, I almost wonder, and we got a lot of questions about the defense from our listeners. So maybe we'll talk about them a little more after the Houston game, but I almost wonder if at some point Peter's got to look at his strategy of playing out of the back. And maybe if you don't start thinking about, maybe we don't do that anymore. Maybe don't do a full formation change. Cause obviously he's, he likes the four, three, three, but when you have so many different defenders rotating through, it makes it that much harder to play out of the back because they're not used to their, each other's movements or where they're going to be so just wasn't great Uh, but then there was six minutes of stoppage time we're fast forwarding a little bit Uh, sporting kc looked a little bit better on the attack uh and this man this is my favorite goal Kyrie has scored in a sporting kc uniform and he's had a couple of good ones but this one was wild it started with a, a steal in the midfield a couple of good passes up uh to leading to gerso having the ball just at the top of the box and gerso uh just slips the ball through very well for Kyrie who uses his body. He's able to create some space for himself, holds off the Dallas defender, takes one little touch and then flicks it off the outside of his right foot into the back of the net. That was a finisher's goal. 
Yeah. That was a hell of a shot. It was very cool. I, uh, uh, God, some, Kyrie, man, just on a different level this time. I mean, have you told me that, that like Kyrie and Eric Hurtado would be getting serious minutes in that striker role? Like, that, I, I'd say, nah, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, Kyrie has looked so good on the wing that if I, I, it's weird that I think I'm still a little bit more comfortable with him even up at that striker spot than Hurtado. And it's not that Hurtado's bad. Hurtado scored against Houston. We'll talk about that here soon. But Kyrie just – I don't know what happened to him in Germany. I don't know, you know, if he just had that much better training or, or conditioning or what. And it wasn't like he was over there with Bayern Munich. He was over there with Paderborn. So, yeah, it's, it's not like a, a top club, but he looks like a different player. Definitely got a lot more confidence than he did. I mean, it's uh, – God, he has no problem taking guys on, keeping possession. Like, he, it's almost like he thrives off it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, basketball players love to cross fools over, break ankles. It's almost like Kyrie wants to, wants to do that, you know, be on a highlight reel. Yeah, and, and it's not that I think he was lacking confidence in 2018. I think he still had that confidence. But even if you have confidence, if you're just – if you're shooting and you're not – and it's just not finding the back of the net – it does sort of creep the frustration just creeps into you. Even if you still have that confidence, you just start being like, man, when is this going to happen? Yeah. And that's certainly not happening this year. He's putting balls away and, and he's looking good. So uh, I, I have to imagine, I don't know if you thought this, I was kind of, I, I thought this as I was kind of watching. So this was a uh, Zobek or whatever his name was, Zobrek, the goalkeeper. This is the first goal, obviously that was scored on him, but I always find it interesting in a situation like this, because the goalkeeper, and you've played a little bit keeper, so I don't know, maybe you can give a little insight, even though it's not MLS level, but the keeper's supposed to be sort of like the general of that back line, telling people where to go, sort of being the leader. And I always just think it's interesting when someone like this dude, who's never had any minutes in MLS, let alone with F- FC Dallas, kind of comes in and is immediately just, just like being really assertive. And he kind of looked like he was almost like just trying to make up for the fact that he's never been in the league he was just instantly telling everybody where to go what to do and mm-hmm. I, and I kind of wonder if like you know veterans like Ziegler or Bresson or whatnot kind of look at him and they're like calm down buddy like we know yeah. what we're doing I, I think that's just kind of a goalkeeper thing I mean they they should be loud I mean yeah a goalkeeper to me is like just because they're not wearing the captain's armband I feel like a lot of time they are that captain you know what I mean uh, yeah. maybe not in a sense of they're the ones talking to the referee or anything like that. Cause that should be your captain's armband. But in the sense that they are like the general and, and, you know, barking orders and stuff. So I don't know, man, kudos to, uh, I don't even know his freaking last name. Sounds like an allergy medication. What, what is Z- Zobrick? Z- Zobak? Uh, Zobrist? Where does it go? Z- Zobek. Zoloff. All right. But the, uh, <laughs> Zertek. Zertek. All right. But the, uh, it's. I, I feel like he wanted to come in and assert himself early too, because he's like, you know, I got earn my role, man. Like yeah. maybe this becomes his role. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and the other thing, like honestly, it was a good shot by Kyrie. It wasn't unsavable. Like he probably should have saved it. Like if you look at it, like he got a, a finger to it. I think the reason he didn't though is because I think Kyrie caught him off guard, taking it off the outside of the foot rather than mm-hmm. he, he definitely thought Kyrie was going to go inside of the foot to the bottom left corner of the goal. And he was off balance and Kyrie just outside of the foot to the right of him. Dude, couldn't, yeah, couldn't adjust. Such a hard shot too. You, you know, you know, our, our guy, our buddy, Chris, he, uh, mm-hmm. he only shoots with the outside of his foot. I remember you saying that. That's why I told to you. Me. Yeah. He just can't do it. He can't do the inside. I'm like, who are you? you break your I, ankle. I've never heard of someone who, can shoot with the outside of their foot but not inside but it's he hits it hard and yeah. it like kind of knuckles in there he always makes them i'm like so i don't that's give a wild. shit what you do do what you got to do <laughs> that's wild yeah uh it definitely felt like sporting kc was on the front foot in the second half coming out after that uh johnny russell had a really good opportunity that he probably should have put away in the 68th minute yeah. uh, it was it was whipped in uh from the left side i think it was martins who whipped it in gorgeous cross Johnny had the defender beat, got the header, and he just puts it just to the right. It was an open net. Should have been a goal. Just Johnny seems – Johnny's starting to seem a little frustrated this year. I mean, he's not just – he's not really putting up uh, numbers like I think he'd like to. Um, I think we just chalk that up to 2020 as a whole. You know what I mean? If you're having a bad day, ah, 2020, man. Yeah. It is well, what it is. there's a little bit more roster rotation or lineup rotation johnny's not sure a consistent starter per se Kyrie's kind of got some minutes out that out that right wing lockdown uh 
And like you said, I think Johnny's so good one-on-one that the first year he was in MLS, I think people kind of underestimated his ability on the ball. And he was able to just take defenders one-on-one, or even if they started double teaming him, he'd do that little split move where he'd kind of split right between them, break through. People kind of started figuring him out. Mm-hmm. And, and once they started figuring out his moves, he's had a little bit tougher. He's still really good. He's still like a, a, a decent TAM level player, but he's had a little bit harder time sort of finding that space that he had in that first year or two. Make some new moves, man. Needs to get his groove back. Yeah, but he's still got that pace where he can outrun some people, and there's a lot of times where that ball's going toward that end line, and Johnny's able to make a little move, get around a guy, send it back to the middle of the box. So definitely some stuff there. uh, He'll get his. It'll uh, it'll all pay off, I think. Yeah. It kind of, you know, I mean, Daniel Shallowy went through something. Not It's not exactly the same, but, you know, was it last year or the year before? I don't remember, where he didn't score – all year until the very last game. Sometimes players just have frustrating years. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Daniel Shallowy, 92nd minute, I had another chance to put this away. And this is, this is started. This play starts. There we go. English. This play starts with uh, a pretty freaking phenomenal tackle by Gianluca Buzio. Uh, saves the ball. Franco Yara had it going the other way gorgeous tackle had to Um, happen he had to do that too because he was going the other other way yep and by the way every time nate said that guy's name it sounded like he was saying icopara oh (laughs) yeah i was like what did he say (laughs) right um but buzio had to get that exactly right time it exactly right as to not get a foul did it gorgeous and then was able to retain possession get back up amazing play for the young guy it was awesome he sent it, sent it to Zussi in the middle of the field. This pass from Zussi is one of the sexiest passes I've ever seen in a long time. Threading the needle, perfectly weighted to Shallowy. It's a tough angle, but Shallowy just kind of mishits it. Probably should have been a goal. And it's just unfortunate. He mishits it. He had Zobek beat, um, but since he mishits it, he's able to get just a little hand on it. Uh, Kyrie, I think, is there trying to clean it up, but defense is able to just kick it out that probably should have been a game winner yeah but what are you gonna do 100 percent. you feel kind of sad but also like i don't know kind of fortunate to uh get the point i guess i, I don't know i mean I, it felt like we could have lost that game well and so here i don't think we were fortunate to get the point because if you look at uh i think if anything we were maybe unfortunate not to get all three points not if you look at the X, XG uh, from Gameflow, uh, XPG on Twitter, which is from American Soccer Analysis. Sporting KC's XG, 2.39. FC Dallas, 0.52. Wow. So we game. should have won like 2-0. And, and half of their 0.5 XG came from that Franco Yara goal that only happened because Luis Martins screwed up. So really, That's if you crazy. take out that one play – Sporting KC only gave up about 0.25 XG for the entire game. I'm mixing up my games now. I'm like, we just played Colorado recently, and we yeah. were, I, I, we were fortunate one, enough to draw with them. Yes. All these games coming at me, dude, it's, and, it's and with COVID going on, I don't know what day it is sometimes. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. We're, yeah. Just, we're calling everything Blur's Day now. Like, that's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm, I'm feeling you. Uh, it just – it really sucked that, like, that was a home game – Probably should have gotten the win. Barrios is a little shit. Like that yeah, dude. Yeah, he's a little prick, huh? Yeah, I just him running around. Like he was lucky not to get a couple of yellows a couple of different times. And he got one, right? Yeah, he probably should have gotten a second, at least once. Mm-hmm. I just, I oh, don't like that. And Dallas, they, they're the ones that kept, uh, was it that game where they were slowing it up big time? They sh- And the ref was not doing a damn thing. Peter got it. a yellow as well. Peter got a yellow because he was yelling at the ref, like, take control of the game. They wasted probably. And the ref's like, how's this for control? Right. Yellow card, bitch. Well, and then and then he blew it right at the time when in, in yeah. stoppage in the second half after there was, like, an injury and some other stuff. Like, probably could have added another minute or so, and he just you know, blew it right at time. No. And he just was not willing to get control of that game from a time-wasting point. They yeah. And they did. They would hold the ball. They would kick the ball away. They'd try to get what they could on throw-ins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, it was very noticeable. Like, in the first half, for yep. God's sakes. Like, it what started, are you doing? started very early. In like and it 30, worked for him. Clearly, it worked for him. Well, and I don't blame them. I mean, look, 
if if sporting would have done the same thing but i it's annoying that dallas does it but i mean it is that's what they're supposed to do they allow them to do it that's where my frustration lies mostly not with dallas for trying it because if you you can try try it and get away with it more power to you yeah my frustration is with the officials for letting it happen to the extent it did agreed and it's like i think peter's been on record saying before like if you throw a yellow card right off the bat for someone kicking a ball away they're not going to do it again. Right. Like you have now set the tone. I mean, uh, people are just scared, man. People are scared. Refs are scared to do it. I don't know why. Right. Well, not only were they kicking the ball away at times, but like Barrios would be over in the corner and he'd intentionally set it like two or three inches off the line. So then the side official would have to be like, get it back on. And then he'd point at it and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's on the line. He'd be like, no, it's not. And they do that dance for like 30 seconds. Yeah. It's Terrible, just... man. Yeah. Well, and then of course there's the injury time wasting and, and this has been something that's frustrated me for a long time. And I don't know the best way to solve this problem, but I've thought about even situation, not that this is ever going to be implemented, but I've thought about like, does it make more sense where if you go down and require, require, wow, require treatment on the field that you have to spend the same amount of time off the field as you took on the field, getting treatment. I didn't know that. I thought it was just kind of like referee's discretion. Like you have to stay, spend some time off. I'll let you know when to come it back. Is, it is. I'm saying, okay. what do you think it would reduce the amount of, because like people get on, they pretend like they're hurt. They're flopping around. They're dying on the field for like three minutes, getting treatment. They walk off limping. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm magically healed. And they come immediately back on the field. Right. Do you think it would limit that amount of time wasting if there was something along the lines of if you spend two minutes rolling around on the ground then you got to spend two minutes on the sideline before i'm going to let you back in that'd be that'd be kind of neat i just it, it's i mean it sucks if you're legitimately hurt but yeah but i mean if you if you wasted time if you're legitimately hurt then you're probably not coming back on get subbed off yeah yeah i mean if it's if it's a little knock or an ankle twist like those things happen yeah pour some salt in it walk, walk it off and if you know and if, and if you're hurt, you know, bad enough that you require, require some, I cannot say that word today. I do not know why require some treatment, but you're going to stay in. It's also, it would be a little bit more incentive to get off the field so you can get your treatment off the field and get back in quicker as opposed to wasting time on the field. True. That's so, an interesting uh, concept that you should yell at somebody. I'll, and I'll write a listen. letter, write a letter to FIFA. Right. Write a strongly worded letter uh, in your, in your best Karen penmanship <laughs> yeah i'll send a letter to, to don there you go you're mr donathan p garber i don't know if your middle name is p but we'll see it might, it might be <laughs> pedro uh, pedro donathan pedro garber um his first name is definitely not donathan no it's it not donathan be. what are you doing <laughs> uh anyway so yeah one one at home not great and then we go down to Houston. And I know we were both worried about this because we both, you know, Albert Elise and Darwin Canzero. Well, hey, they don't need to start Albert Elise to kick our ass. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a good, you know, Elise was not starting in this game. Uh, Chris hey, Ramirez. did he play against us when we played them in March? I don't think he was in the lineup. I, You know, I, that's like, you might I think be he right. was like, I think he was nursing something. And like, we were like, Oh, hell yeah. Like this, we got this game now because there's no Albert Elise, but we can't do shit when he's in the lineup. I'm looking right now, and you know what? I think you might be right because I remember being happy about it, but also, yeah. let's see. Yeah, he was not in the 18. Was Minotas in the 18? Maro started. He started, okay. Yeah. and But uh, no Elise, and it was like, that works. Let's go. Yeah. No Elise. Tommy Mack started, and he's not even on the Dynamo anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a different team. So that's interesting. Clearly, we, we would prefer to play an Elise-less team, you know? Yeah. Uh, not only – yeah, and Darwin Quintero didn't start either. He came in as a sub. Wow. So, I mean, that was a totally different team that we beat back then. Oh, for sure. But you're right. Uh, you know, Quintero and, and Ramirez started up top, and, and then they had the rest of their lineup, and it just – Again, Sporting KC outshot them, didn't have a ton on target. Right. Uh, but this game did start off a little bit better for Sporting KC. Uh, it was the 30th minute, again, kind of building through the middle of the field, which is not something that Sporting KC does often, building through the midfield, building up the center. 
but it was a pretty, you know, decent little uh, pass. The, the pass from Gadi Kinda here is gorgeous. It's up there with the one that Graham Zussi did against Dallas. Gadi Kinda uh, sends Kyrie through. Uh, Kyrie gets a shot off. It's it's blocked, deflected by the goalkeeper, but Eric Hurtado, perfect position to follow up, puts it away with force, 1-0 Sporting KC. Yeah, dude, Hurtado just knew. And I think in the post game he was like, I, I was just going, I was just being an option for Kyrie. You know, maybe he passes it to me or maybe I'm there for a rebound. And, you know, I got lucky. The ball bounced right to my leg. So, yeah, dude, just keep running. That's what they say, man. It's, it's you know, follow your, uh, follow your dribble, follow your shot. It's the same shit in basketball. You, you might brick, but you're there to get your own rebound. Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. And, again, it's a good good play, good effort from Kyrie. Gotti Kinda and sure. Kyrie – Pretty good chemistry there. Kyrie feeling confident with that shot. And it was a good shot. It's just – It know, was. Barely hit the keeper's foot. You know what I mean? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a spectacular save, just a small little kick save. I'm not even sure he meant to do it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he put it in a spot that was able to cause a deflection and Hurtado was there. So, all around good team goal. It was cool. It was cool to, uh, it was cool to lead at halftime. Uh, not a feeling that we've felt in a while. So yeah, well, and it almost should have been probably should have been tied at halftime because 43rd minute Darwin Quintero sends a ball to Christian Ramirez, and I don't know he's Quintero's at about the midline. I do not know what Sporting Casey's defense was doing on this play. But how Buzio, does Christian not make this shot? Buzio can't get to it. Um, I think it's Beasler who's who's guarding uh, Christian Ramirez because Beasler was back in the starting lineup wearing the captain's armband. Don't know what's going on. Beasler had it on? Yeah. I never even noticed these damn things. Yeah, Beasler had it on. Uh, I mean, this was the weird lineup. Zussi was back up at right wing <laughs> for, for Sporting KC. Shelton was on the left wing, Hurtado up top. And then, uh, yeah, Beasler was the captain. Lindsay staying on the right side. Amadou Dia on the left side instead of Luis Martins. That's right. That was weird um, to see, see, uh, see Amadou Dia get his first start in a long time. Yeah. But this pass, man – from uh, from Quintero, Buzio can't get there. Beasler can't get there. Punchet just kind of caught up the field. Christian Ramirez tries to chip Melia. He should have put this one away. It just goes off the top woodwork and over the net. So it's crazy. I was like, I mean, you just felt it. You're like, oh man, just another breakdown. Like these defensive woes are very scary, and we get a lot of questions from people uh, asking us what we think about them. And I think that the best word right now is just scary and, and inconsistent, right? Yeah. it's. I want to talk about that a little bit more after this for sure, but you're right. I think the inconsistency is one of the biggest problems here, and I don't know if there's much to do about that given mm-hmm. the fixture congestion. But Albert Elise checked on in the 58th minute. And everyone says, oh, boy, here and we go. So I, they were, Nate was talking about a stat with Tab Ramos and his subs where something like the last 10 times Tab has subbed on a player in the attack, they've all gone on to score a goal, Jesus. which is insane. Like, I don't know if he's just pushing the exact right tactical buttons or what, but, like, apparently Tab Ramos knows what he's doing. But they're on a little bit of a run right now, dude. Houston's, like, getting points, and, and they needed them as well. And I don't know how Sporting's still at the top of the table right now. <laughs> yeah those those early season points and those group stage points are doing a lot of heavy lifting right now kind of crazy and everyone else just keeps losing that's like right below us we're one two and two in our last five that's not yeah. gonna cut it and seattle's like right there but they're like nah we'll lose and lafc's right there and they're like i think we'll lose too <laughs> yeah so but albert elise comes on 58th minute wouldn't you know it 59th minute he puts it away puts uh puts houston on the board it's one one I don't know how, and this was after, keep in mind, Sporting KC had, uh, had made some tactical subs. Elise just finds himself free in the middle of the field. I don't know who is responsible. Beasler looks like he's kind of on him, but he loses track of him. And, uh, yeah, he's just there open in the middle of the field and nobody's there to guard him. And I, that one's probably on Beasler, honestly, mm-hmm. but 1-1. One, one. So, And then the subs were kind of interesting in this game because – Gerso came on after this goal for Felipe Hernandez and you're like interesting okay where Zussi's probably dropping back in the midfield but this is a very attacking minded sub Peter's like no we're gonna get these three points 
How fun has it been to see Zeus on the wing for a bit? It's been kind of cool. Kind of retro. Yeah. And they said on the broadcast that... Nostalgic. This is the first time that a player has played on all three lines in three straight games since Jacob Peterson in 2014 for Sporting KC. That's right. And, and, and uh, uh, what, did, what did he... God dang. What did what, what Nate say to Jake? Like, oh, yeah, you're always too humble or something like that or uh yeah something because jake, jake he just shuts it down and it's yeah. like dude relish in some spotlight for god's sakes right i don't i mean i think we all know jake wasn't like he's not going to be a sporting legend one day but he was man. he was a good role player for sporting KC. number one in our hearts man number 37 in your programs the answer was it 37 so, that might i think have been. so i think it was 37 look at that look man, at right? me look at me <laughs> uh but yeah, so Gerso came on and then Johnny Russell came on, which shifted things around. So you're thinking like, okay, like we're going for it. Then it got interesting because in the 77th minute, Peter takes off Gadi Kinda and brings in Winston Reed. And something shifted in the strategy there where it's it was like, like, dude, we never want to protect a draw. We've never done that, but it felt like he was going to protect the draw. It was strange. All of a sudden it went from like the four three three with the attack to now we were kind of doing like a five four one where it was like we feel like we got a bunker. And how many times have we tried to bunker or, or just protect the one goal lead and we give up a late goal? It doesn't work out for us, man. We're not a bunkering team. No. Sporting And when you have five in the back, like how often do you think they practice that? I mean that's that's not our style. And sporting's greatest strength, the is possession-oriented soccer. Sure. So the best way to play defense is to make sure the other team doesn't have the ball. So if you continue to play your style of soccer, I understand it's Texas and it's hot and there's fixture congestion and all that stuff, but switching to a 5-4-1 mid-game with three center backs who really haven't ever played together that much, it just seemed, and you know, we got Jalen Lindsay on the right side and Amandu D on the left. Like, it's just piecemeal altogether. Somehow with a five-man back line, again, a sub from Tab Ramos, Mara Manotas, who did not start the game, finds himself with a free header in the box. Everybody's just standing around. I who don't assisted understand. it? Uh, who did assist it? You know. Do I know? Albert Elise? No, it wasn't Elise. What? I think it was Zarek Valentin. Well, I think Elise start. Did he start the play or something? Elise was just hanging out over on the right side. No, Elise actually wasn't involved in this play. Well, I don't know shit. Why does anyone <laughs> listen to me? Um, but Amadou Dia is completely pulled off to the side of the field with Elise. Right. But then the ball, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Zarek Valentin out of the right back spot. It just goes right out. Beasley's just standing around with nobody. Winston Reed, the ball goes right over his head. He doesn't do anything. And then Punchech tries to kind of make a little bit of a play and he can't do anything. You should not give up a free header if you have a five-man back line, if you have three center backs in the game. It should not happen. So I just really frustrated by that. And then again, you look at the XG. Sporting KC actually had a higher XG, 1.73 to 1.4. This probably should have ended in a draw, but they take the win 2-1 because of some lazy defense. So Crazy, man. Just crazy. Great. Uh, and I mean, if you look at Peter Vermees thoughts after the game, you know, he says, I thought for 60 minutes of the game, we were pretty organized. Um, we got the goal and that took a little pressure off. Uh, I would, I, I think that we started to get a little tired. I tried to make subs. I tried to change the team around. We went to five in the back to try to deal with Houston's attack. We knew it was going to happen. We knew they were going to come forward with a lot of people and we couldn't close out the game. So it's just... I don't know. But then, you know, they asked, he was asked specifically about Houston finding space behind the back line. And Peter kind of almost tries to make a little bit of an excuse. He goes, just so we're clear on the first couple in the first half, they were offside. I spoke to the fourth official and he said that he had them offside. Uh, once nothing came of it, one of them turned into a goal kick. So they just left it alone. Um, and he just keeps going on about how they were offside. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I, I just, I hate, I get it, but I don't like leaning so much on that razor's edge of like, are they onside or offside? Don't, don't leave it to the official to make that decision. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, uh, 
it all ends with Sporting Casey has 17 points and somehow is still in first place in the West. I don't know how that's even a thing right now. <laughs> and you saw like people have multiple games in hand, um, but they're not taking advantage of them. So doesn't yeah, matter. everybody. So we've played 10 games. Everybody else who's above the playoff line right now uh, has only played nine games. So the only team, I mean, I guess what that means is every team one through five is all within striking distance of Sporting KC because well, Seattle, they have 15 points with nine games, three, four, five minnesota la galaxy and portland timbers all have 14 points through nine games i'll tell you what the uh supposedly we're supposed to get a new slate of matchups this week i mean Mm -hmm. nate kept saying it over and over and over on the broadcast and they say it all the time but it's not happening i think it's going to probably come wednesday it might that might be the news that we get tuesday from what i understand is it could come tuesday but it might also come wednesday so not worth talking about i mean we'll hit it next week if possible or if we need to but uh nothing like you know hearing what your who your next opponents are uh you know ahead of your final game so to speak and uh who knows if you got to prep for next wednesday matchup or if uh you get a week off you know that that really will determine how they go forward when Minnesota comes to town on Sunday. Well, I know part of the problem. Yeah. Sunday night. So that's good. I mean, it's a little bit of rest between now and Minnesota. We've had seven days, man. I'm all for it. Yeah. Do they play a midweek game? That's a good question. A lot of people do. There's a lot of games on Wednesday night, I believe. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And that's how they get caught up. Uh, So let's see here. That would make sense. Sunday. Uh, They play Dallas on Wednesday. They do. You're right. Okay. So yeah, Miami will play Atlanta United, Minnesota plays Dallas, Montreal, Toronto, Colorado, Houston, RSL, LAFC. And then Thursday is Seattle, San Jose. And then let's see, I'm just looking at Western Conference matchups. Uh, Saturday, FC Dallas and Houston play and then RSL plays Colorado. Fun and then stuff. another another big one uh, Sunday night. It's going to be late for us, but LAFC takes on the Portland Timbers. Yes. Now, if you think about it, Minnesota is going to want to. You know, they only have two full days between their games, Sunday and Wednesday. So it's like, you know, how will they attack us uh, being on the being on the road down here? So yeah, I hope we can get it done, man, because it was cool to uh, you know really really battle with them the last couple of games, and I think I think. Uh, we should feel really positive about this game having a full week off. I hope so. I hope that, you know, whatever's going on, you know, we can, we can figure it out. Uh, you know, a lot of the questions that, that people uh, were asking, uh, you know, why do we bunker in a five, four, one with 30 minutes left? Are we just so used to August, the August swoon that we have to create one for ourselves? Um, that was from Stephen uh, Turwell. Uh, Travis asks, why are we bad now? uh kevin watkins i don't think we are bad i don't think we're bad either but it's just it's a a rough run Uh, kevin uh we both know kevin Mm -hmm. um why is our defense such trash and how do we fix it consistency (laughs) dude you got to get a core group of guys that just never change yeah i think that's not what we have right now it's it's a matter of consistency it's a matter of even if there is a little bit of consistency they're players that are still learning how to play together. Clearly something's going on with Luis Martins where Peter doesn't trust him as much as he did last year. Right. Uh, I mean, that's evident. Even, even that there were rumors about uh, bringing in a left back, which we talked about last week. Uh, that was one of the other questions from Zachary Harden. Uh, any ideal players that could be looked at for the next transfer window or signing? I don't have any specific players in mind, but clearly we need something at the left back and clearly we need some midfield help. Right. I mean, otherwise you're, you're looking at the team right now. It's a, it's a young man's team. Yeah. I mean, we got teenagers all over this field and that's just not something you see all the time. And it's not even that, like, I don't trust Hernandez or Buzio or Duke. Cam Duke looked great. I thought in oh, his yeah. debut. Did you see that? Uh, we got moms. We got, we got moms, moms, bro. Moms we got follow Cam- us. Cameron Duke's mom liking our post and Gianluca Buzio's mom liking our post. We might, we might just get him on here. Special think, mom special. I don't remember if this was from the pod or from my – I think it might have been a tweet from my account. Graham Zussi's mom liked the tweet. Zussi's mom. You direct her on over <laughs> to where the moms are at, dude. We could, we could have a freaking ice mom's cream social. KC. 
<laughs> Moms of SKC episode right here, man. I just thought that was really cool because I, I think I tweeted out like babies in the midfield. Very excited, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I just imagine the moms were like, my babies. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, we might've had Jalen Lindsay's mom like our tweet once or twice along the way. So. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Well, you yeah. haven't made it till you get Beasler's mom on. All right. Yep. We got to. The official pod of SKC moms. We love moms, dude. We're mother lovers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think, like I said, it's not, I think Cam Duke was great. I'm really excited to see what he brings. Uh, Felipe Hernandez didn't is seem, obviously. Cameron didn't seem uh, nervous at all. So. No, no. He, he, he rose up to the occasion. Felipe Hernandez has been playing great. Obviously, we know what Buzio can do. This is not at all a slight against any of them. It's just with Ilya's situation sort of unknown, we don't yet know. He might be back this week. He might not. They obviously, said they expect him back this week, so who knows? Yeah. Obviously, Felipe Gutierrez is injured. Um, there's Gadi Kinda, but I just I feel like we need another player or two to help with the rotation in the midfield. Maybe so, yeah. Otherwise, you're, you know, God forbid we get some injuries, bro. Like, knock on wood right here because now you're bringing up some SKC2 players. Yeah. And Which so they'll I, be used to because there's no fans in the stands. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I burned them. I did it. <laughs> it had to happen. Um, you know, maybe Peter can find somebody who's out of contract like they did with Felipe Gutierrez. He was just a, a dude out of contract who they found. Maybe they can find someone like that. Or maybe they look around the league and they say, okay, who, who can we throw some Tam or Gam at and just bring right. in sort of like Messi, an MLS right, role right. player. Yeah, Messi. So <laughs> who's apparently now staying at Barcelona and is pissed about it, but – I guess contracts, that's how... dude. Contracts are contracts. Right. I mean, play, play your play through it and then leave on a free, right? Well, if you wanted to leave, he just had to tell them before June and that date came and went and he didn't tell them. And then, then he's like, okay, now I want to leave. And they're like, well, you had to tell us before whatever it was, June 10th. Yeah. And he was threatening. And if you don't honor your contract, we sue you. Right. He was threatening <laughs> to go to court and they were threatening to go to court. And I think he just kind of thought like, they're not going to make me stay here if I'm not happy. But of course they are. But that sucks too, dude, because now he's going to lose the fans up there. Yeah. It's going like, to be weird. Fans know you don't want to be there. They don't want to be there for you. Well, and there were rumors about like Man City making a, some crazy offer. But like, sure. you know, if your Man City is it worth trying to throw 100 million pounds at Barcelona to get Messi a year early? And if you're Barcelona, is it worth taking 100 million pounds, giving up a year of Messi, but knowing at least you get something for him instead of nothing? Right. But is it worth losing 100 million pounds to have a full year of Messi? Like, he's that good? Then maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe so. So, but yeah, basically Messi's coming to SKC. That's the plan. So, uh, I don't know. I just, the good questions, everybody. Thank you. I, I think the defense, it'll figure itself out. It's, it's not going to stay like this. And the offense will get in a rhythm, especially once Polito can get back. Uh, I, I don't think the offense is broken. I think we've had some good games. I think it's just we've also had some unlucky games. So, yeah, for sure, I'm see. feeling good about it. I think. See, I think uh, Sunday for Minnesota, they I think they bounce back, bro. I think it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be good. I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, Sunday night, what better to cap your cap your weekend off? Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Gerso, who was named to the MLS Team of the Week after the 1-1 draw against FC Dallas. That's right. So, cool for him. Uh, only SKC player for a little while to make Team of the Week. But, yeah, you know, I guess maybe we should have known that Houston was a, a potential threat on offense after Darwin Quintero and Ari Lasseter, both from the Dynamo, also made Team of the Week. So, yeah, like you said, <laughs> Houston's – you know they're on a little bit of a run they're they're charging up the standings so it's yeah uh, tab's got a good thing going down there man i don't know if they uh they just didn't know their coach yet didn't know how they wanted him to that he wanted them to play but i think uh now they're in it and and they're they could be a dangerous team especially yeah. if he gets that you know if you if you're if you're saying albert elise is a super sub this is that's crazy that that's showing that you have enough people to get the job done without because that dude's a monster just fast yeah. Yeah. So. so like we said, uh, Sporting KC going to take on Minnesota at Children's Mercy Park on Sunday. Uh, we have played 730. Minnesota twice, each side claiming a 2-1 to one victory. Uh, 
you know, of course, Minnesota struck twice in second half stoppage time during the MLS's back group stage. So how, how do you think this one's going to play out? You think Sporting KC can go out and get a win against Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, I think they get it. I'd like to think so. I I'm hope not so going to say, uh, you know, I don't have a prediction or anything, but I think it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know our, our listener, uh, Kobe, Kobe Roney, uh, he was doing that thing where he was tracking our predictions for a little while. I don't know if he's still doing that or not, but we're so far off on those predictions at this point that, you know, I'll, I'll say I think we get a win. I think we, we get back on track, score a couple of goals at least, but I also said that against FC Dallas and look what happened. Yeah. Although we should have. My XG prediction, the XG was right on with what my prediction said it would be. Your XG was good. You're right. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's about all I got for Sporting KC news. Uh, anything else before we just talk about a couple uh, other news and, and notes? Nah, man. I got nothing. So really the only other big thing to talk about, obviously, well, outside of the schedule should be dropping soon. I think they're shooting for 22 total regular season games. So we're, we're a little under halfway through the regular season. So I guess on one hand, you're like, well, it's good that Sporting KC's in first place in the West, just about halfway through the regular season. On the other hand, you're like, we're in a really shitty run of form. So got to pull it together. But we'll, we'll talk about that more next week. The biggest news from MLS this week was, almost out of nowhere. I mean, not really out of nowhere because you knew this wasn't going quite as planned, but like this sale came together very quickly, at least in the public eye. Atlanta United has sold PT Martinez to Saudi Arabian club Al Nassar FC. So he was, you know, purchased for like 13, $14 million, one of the most expensive purchases in the history of the league. He is sold, no surprising. sold for $18 million. Um, they're going to make a slight bit of profit it's going to be probably maybe between breaking even and a million dollars after agent fees and the league takes their fees and all that. So I don't know, man, it's, we know that Atlanta is not our favorite club over here and it's kind of fun to watch, you know, a little bit of schadenfreude. They weren't happy about it, right? All the fans, they were a little pissed about it. Well, they just kind of, I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like they can't be happy with anything because they are unhappy with him and how he was playing because they're like, this isn't the South American player of the year that we signed and spent all that money for, but then you sell them and they're like, why are we selling our best player? So get over it. Figure damned it out. if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Well, and now there's rumors that Sevilla is trying to buy Ezekiel Barco. So that would set the city ablaze. <laughs> I just kind of want to see Atlanta United burn to the ground as a club. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, and just like, especially after all the shit they talked in their first few years of being like, we're, you know, look at, we're redefining MLS. And then suddenly once you're out of those first few years and you don't have that extra infusion of allocation money that expansion clubs get, suddenly you're just another team. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like the Las Vegas Knights in NHL. Didn't they come right in and win the whole damn thing? They made it to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. They didn't so win the finals? They didn't win. I don't think. No. Gotcha. But they made it there and that's a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, look, get on Atlanta, I guess, for taking advantage of all the advantages that they had, but don't come out here pretending like you're reinventing something when you just, you know, we've said it before, you were born on third base, took advantage of everything you had, and now that you're sort of falling back to earth. That is your favorite thing to say. Welcome to MLS. So, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a weird time. We'll find out more about the schedule coming up this week and uh, we'll we'll continue to see i mean it seems like the west is wide open it's up for grabs nobody really wants to take it so i know man it'd be nice if we step up and you know assert some dominance because playing these local local teams you know these uh regional teams if you will uh would have been a great opportunity to just really pad your points you know yeah and didn't get it done so these are pretty big three points in my opinion because who knows where we're going next yeah, no, I 100% agree. If we come out of this first phase in first place with 20 points, you know, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Um, I'm not even that worried about Supporter Shield. That'd be cool if we could get in that conversation. Yeah. But, like, it's let's just worry about staying on top of the West here because that's a pretty cool deal. I mean, man, right now, Columbus Crew, they're killing it. They're at 23 points through 10 games, 2.3 points per game. 
We're not far off. I mean, we're not far off of their point total. We're not, but I mean, we're we're six points off through ten games. So I mean, it's not terribly far off, but it sucks, man. Caleb Porter's got them humming up there, and you know, I granted two of their last three games have been against FC Cincinnati, who's just a trash team. Yeah, but you got Jossie's artist just skying penalty kicks. Like, he just <laughs> – I don't know how you do that. Like, you're yeah. trying to get too fancy. Yeah. So, they'll they'll go down to uh, Soldier Field in Chicago and take on Chicago Fire, which I forget that they're playing at Soldier Field now. But yeah, it's can't be how they thought this would go. They're going to make a whole big deal out of going back to Soldier Field, and now they can't have any fans. Exactly, dude. I, hey, man, this is the weekend we would have been playing in Chicago because I was going to go up and watch them. So Yeah. It's, yeah, I remember uh, you were talking about booking that trip and whatnot, and it's just yeah pandemic, man. Somewhere in the future, that'll be a fun little trip to take. It will be. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's about all we got this week. So, unfortunately, yeah, it's yeah. not a victory pod in any sense of the word, but – Hopefully, next week we'll be. Hopefully we'll be back next week with another victory pod. Uh, but until then, make sure you uh, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you have not yet done it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Or shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. I love you. He's coming for you Nowhere to run He's coming for you Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.